all of these, what we think are imperfections are actually what is making us so unbelievably special and powerful. And so sharing those things that some would say are flaws are actually showing you and showing others, hey, I know who I am and I'm proud of who I am. You may not agree with my path, but it's my path and I own it. And it belongs to no one else but me. Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode because Kendra Scott is here and this conversation was so inspiring. I couldn't stop talking about it. I'm so excited for today's episode. Before we dive in, I want to remind you that my podcast program is open for enrollment for just another few days. You can go to kathyheller.com slash join. This is going to be such an incredible experience. It's really not an online course. It's not pre-recorded videos. This is an interactive coaching program where every single time we meet, we are on Zoom going over all of the steps. How are you creating this? But not just creating a podcast and not just creating an engaged audience. How can you grow and monetize a business through the podcast? That's what we're talking about. And so this is very much related to every episode of the show because we're using the podcast as a catalyst to grow your business, to build the well before you're thirsty, to make those deposits because business is about intimacy and podcasting is such an incredible way for you to impact and for you to grow an audience so that when you then have what you want to sell, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, whether it's um, a retreat, you have an audience. And whether that audience is 120 people or a thousand people, or it grows to a hundred thousand people, this is the name of the game. It's intimacy. It's connection. Podcasting is the single thing that has changed my business more than anything. And it's changed my life more than anything. The opportunities, the way I've grown, it's just, I don't have words for it. If you want to be in this program with me, hand in hand for the next three months, go to kathyheller.com slash join. I would love to see you in there. So today you're in for a treat because like I said, Kendra Scott is here. She's the founder and CEO of Kendra Scott, one of my favorite jewelry brands. Plus she's a designer, philanthropist, and an author. And if you haven't seen her collections already, you should definitely check it all out because she makes such gorgeous pieces home accessories, jewelry, beauty products, and so much more. And everything on her site is going to make you feel like a queen. It's just so inspiring that a college dropout created a company that is now valued at over $1 billion. It has over 3,000 employees, over 120 standalone stores, and it's also sold at Nordstrom, Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's, and over 1,000 specialty boutiques worldwide. And she tells you how she did it all in her new book, Born to Shine, Do Good, Find Your Joy, and Build a Life You Love. It comes out tomorrow go get yourself a copy. It's such an authentic memoir about how she built this empire from her spare bedroom with just $500 plus all the stories and hard-earned lessons she collected along the way about how we can create a life and a career rooted in joy, purpose, and doing good. And speaking of doing good, Kendra is one of the most giving people. She has her Kendra Cares program to empower women and youth and her color bar program allows patients and caregivers at pediatric hospitals to design their own piece of jewelry at no cost. 
In 2021, they partnered with over 10,000 local causes, donated over 30,000 pieces of jewelry, and funded over 6,000 research hours through grants with their Breast Cancer Research Foundation. And if that wasn't enough, Kendra also started the Kendra Scott Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership Institute at the University of Texas at Austin to strengthen the next generation of courageous, creative women leaders who will change the world. How awesome is that? Kendra is a genius when it comes to designing jewelry and growing a billion-dollar business, but on top of that, she's so honest about the struggles and self-doubt that she has faced throughout this beautiful journey. And not only has she paved a path to what's possible, but she really puts in the work to empower other women to have the business and life they want. She's such a gem, no pun intended. You're going to love her. Let's get into it. Without further ado, please welcome the extraordinary Kendra Scott. Kendra, this is so much fun. I love when my world like comes to life and somebody whose work I've just enjoyed and admired for such a long time. And then I get to hear the whole behind the scenes. So thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely thrilled to meet you in person and love this podcast. So this is great. (laughs) Well, these are definitely your girls. I feel like those of us who listen um, and are a part of this community are very much aspiring to be the kind of person you are and also very much love what you make. So I I know this is going to be such a fun treat. So I want to talk about the book that I can't believe you found time to also write a book, uh, which is coming out very soon. But before we do that, I want, I want people to get to hear how the heck this happened. Like, (laughs) how did you wind up having this empire? Tell us a little bit about how it started and how it got to where it is. Yeah. You know, I started this business in 2002. Uh, right after my very first son was born. So I was seven months pregnant when 9-11 happened and I gave birth on 11-11. So exactly two months after 9-11. And during that time, I was making jewelry for friends and family. I had had a hat business prior to this. I, I had a hat company that we did headwear for women and men undergoing chemotherapy and then also sold every other hat you can imagine, but I had to close that store. Okay. We'll get to that later because it failed. So ladies out there, (laughs) before you hear all about this great success story of Kendra Scott, know that I was an unbelievable failure at one time too, but that led me to where I am today. But I always like to touch on that because I think that's important. Yeah. So helpful. Yes. So I was still making jewelry. I was making jewelry for my little hat shop and it would sell the day I'd put it in the case. So the answer to my future was right in front of me, but I was so stuck on this hat thing being the thing that I wasn't paying attention to what was working. So after I had to close the hat box and pregnant with my first son, I was still getting my customers calling and saying, would you make a pair of earrings match necklace I bought from your store? And so I found myself still buying supplies and making pieces and realizing like maybe there's something to this jewelry thing. I knew what I wanted. I couldn't find out there. I loved beautiful semi-precious stones. I wanted unique shapes. I wanted to mix colors in unique ways. I loved it being handcrafted and special, but it was not things like that. I couldn't afford. I mean, $300 for a pair of semi-precious earrings was not something that was my checkbook could handle uh, at the time. So I really felt like you know, I was trying to make something that would be attainable, not inexpensive. I mean, look, this isn't like, you know, Claire's boutique or anything, right? But it's attainable for women, something that we could figure out and still hopefully take out of our jewelry box for years to come. So 
started out of my extra bedroom and took a little collection of jewelry I made, put it in a tea box, a wooden tea box that my husband and I had gotten for our wedding and put Kate and a baby Bjorn, uh, my firstborn son. And Kate and I went boutique to boutique in Austin, Texas and showing my little collection and I'd write orders. I mean, I got a first, I got a no, and then I got some yeses, uh, wrote orders. And then the last store I went to, I actually sold all of my samples that day. And that is how I had enough money to buy the rest of the materials I needed to fulfill the orders. That is how basic this business got started. I'm so happy that you were generous enough to just take us to those very first few bars of the song. Because it is so easy to look at where you are now or to look at the world of Instagram and TikTok where it's so instantaneous that it seems as though it was an overnight thing. And I mean, really, thank God you have a lot more life to live and you're not an old person. So it it (laughs) isn't as though it takes a lifetime. It is pretty quick in the scheme of the way the linear time seems to move. And yet... There was a beginning, there was a start and that start is so granular. And what's helpful is so many people who are listening right now, Kendra, like they could perceive making that step. Like they could make a few calls and take a prototype and take a sample somewhere, but they would not believe that that could lead to a gajillion dollar empire. And I love that you just took us there. So what was the next big inflection point that, got you sort of down to the next summit of the mountain? Like what Well, was you it? know, first I would say I didn't think it could be a gajillion dollar business either. And matter of fact, when I started Kendra Scott after my failed first business, which was my little hat store, I didn't tell people. I was embarrassed to tell people that I was doing something new. I can't believe this. This is hard to believe. <laughs> because I was and thought they'd be like, oh, there she goes again. You know, she had a failed business. <laughs> what is she here? She's go trying to do something else. So I actually was really quiet about it in the beginning. And as it started to gain momentum, more boutiques were carrying it, having great success, selling out of it within just a few days of receiving the orders. I got a Dallas showroom who called me and that was the next big step. I remember in my little extra bedroom, and this is for real, uh, Kathy, you'll love this. I get a call and she's like, um, are you Kendra Scott? And I said, yeah, thinking I'm about to write another order. I'm like, yes, can I help you? She's like, uh, I have a showroom in Dallas and all of my boutiques in Austin are not buying my lines because they're buying from this local girl named Kendra Scott. And I was like, um, yeah, that's me. And she's like, I want to see this collection. Could you come to Dallas, you know, tomorrow or, or later this week and show me your line? And I'm like, line? I mean, That's does she know crazy. that I'm in an extra bedroom and my line is kind <laughs> of a bunch of beads and wire and tools like laid out on a card table? But yeah. I was like, sure, I'll come and show you my line. You know, it's that total fake it till you make it. And you know, went to Dallas, went to this huge market center where I had gone as a buyer when I owned my hat company, but now coming in as a designer and just thinking, oh my God, she's going to just see that I'm like, don't know what I'm doing. But I had enough experience buying merchandise. I kind of knew what to expect. And so went in there and she loved the collection and she wanted to sign me as one of her lines to carry in her showroom. And just seeing, just sometimes having a little bit of those affirmations from someone else, that, wow, someone else thinks this is good. 
that I could also start to believe it and believe in myself and feel like I could start to say to the world and to the people around me, I've started a business, a jewelry company. And, and each day that kind of went on, I started to believe more and more, but never, ever in a billion million years, if you would have told that girl walking into the Dallas Market Center that she would be at the helm of an over billion dollar valuated company, I would have laughed. I would have been like, you are crazy, right? So I still wasn't there. My mind wasn't like, this is where this is going to go. But it was these steps along the way that started making me see possibility that I may not have seen in the very beginning. Uh, I love everything about that. And I just want to pause and reflect on a couple pieces of it because can you believe those of you who are listening that somebody who's as kind and obvious, I mean, it's so obvious how much integrity and kindness you have, like just in your warmth, like right away, we can feel your resonance, right? So somebody who's this kind, who's a mom who has this much integrity, just said the words a billion dollars. Like you have a company that's evaluated at over a billion dollars and rightfully so, like it is everywhere. And I live in LA, like where you can get everything and like, we go to the Kendra Scott store. You know what I mean? Like it's a real thing. Like it's everywhere. And I love that people can hear that it's not one or the other. It's not mutually exclusive. You can be a kind, awesome human and have a company that is that successful. I also want to unpack a little bit something you said earlier, which is that you had this thing right in front of you, your future, which was the jewelry, but you were making hats. Mm -hmm. And um, we had comedian Pete Holmes on recently. And and he just said this thing about how you wind up chasing the dream that chases you back. And at one point I had a record deal at Interscope and then I got dropped from the label. And then I had another record deal, which didn't take off. And I remember there was a moment of being like, oh my gosh, my dream just isn't working. And Mm -hmm. then you chase the dream that chases you back. I started a podcast in a closet, literally (laughs) sitting in a closet with not one subscriber, no Instagram account, nothing doing just like a 10 day old baby on my boob. Amazing. And look what happened. So I wonder about that because you had that experience also. Yes. So when someone's listening right now and they're like, whoa, so how do I know if I need to pivot or, oh, Boo, does that mean that like the thing I really desire, I don't get to manifest because I have to do something I don't like? Like I could talk about this for hours because I've had this experience and sounds like so have you. So what's your reflection about where you were aligned when you were doing the hats and then Mm -hmm. what changed that allowed you to see that maybe there was a whole different dream? So I think, you know, when, when the hat company failed, the hat store failed, uh, you know, and I had done this really as an inspiration to my stepfather who was, was diagnosed with brain cancer and ultimately lost his battle. So I had lost I'm my so, stepfather. So, so sorry. My hat box business was failing. Um, it was just kind of everything was coming down at once. And I really did feel like I had let so many people down. And in addition to this, I dropped out of college to start the hat box at 19 years old. So all my friends were graduating, getting degrees. And now here's me over here, failed business, really in a sad state, you know, having to go get a job. I mean, I, I couldn't just go, oh, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I mean, I didn't have the money to do that. I mean, I, I was not in a financial position to do that. So I went and I worked for a travel company that had a travel magazine and a travel agency. And I'm so glad I did that, even though it wasn't what I wanted. And I can tell you, honestly, there were things about that job I really loved. I loved traveling and getting to visit all these cool places, 
but seeing the management, it was all male. There was no opportunity for females in the the C-level suite for sure, even in the VP level. I mean, it was just such a glass ceiling. New ideas or things I, I, you know, that entrepreneurial mindset that I have, like that's in me of, oh my gosh, I have this great idea. And I think if we did X, Y, and Z, this could really, you know, bring in more business. Um, I'm sorry. You know, there's all this red tape. This is going to have to go through this person and that person. It was like nothing could get pushed forward. And I look at all these experiences, Kathy, the failure of the hat box. What did it give me? It gave me a master's degree in retail. I learned everything I could about the retail business firsthand, front row, with tomatoes getting slung at me at times. And it was the greatest education I could have ever got. Working at this company, as much as I dreaded it some days, going into that dingy office with, you know, very male-dominated world was I learned I don't want to ever be a boss like the boss that I had. I wanted to make sure that I could be in an environment that supported each other, that women were lifted up and given the opportunity to succeed and and be able to have a career and a family. And when I got engaged and got married, I was still working at this travel company, traveling a lot. And I realized this wasn't a good job for a marriage, still fulfilling little jewelry orders while I was doing this job. So I had kind of the side hustle of my jewelry business going. And I decided I'm going to just give go all in because I wanted to be there for my son. I wanted to be there for my family. And I wanted to get back into fashion and design, which is what I loved. And if I could do those things and still figure out a way after losing Rob, to give back somehow, because he taught me, we have a very short time on this earth. And while we're here, we have immense and innate value. Every one of us is here for a reason to leave our fingerprint, our mark. What is going to be your mark, Kendra? How are you going to leave it better? So for me, that would have been success. And that's really what founded my core values of Kendra Scott, which are family, fashion, and philanthropy. And it wasn't like I said that in the, it was just, those were the things I want to be a mom. I love fashion and I want to be able to help people that I love in my community. And it turned into building a culture that really has been one that has sustained us through all sorts of, of unbelievable ups and downs through the last 20 years. This is so important. And I am so grateful that you took the time to write a book because we don't really get a bird's eye view of this enough and what you laid out, especially from your very like kind and smart perspective about what's happening in the C-suite and what it looks like inside of retail. I say to women all the time, playing small has to be canceled because Mother Teresa herself said it takes a checkbook to change the world. And There is no good reason anymore and there never was, but I can't think of a good reason why women are not leading and owning companies and being able to do exactly what you said so beautifully, which is those are the values. It is all of the gorgeous, glamorous pieces and then the philanthropic pieces too. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Those are my values, right? Those, that's just how my life turned out. But all of us have this unique journey that we've been on. And so many times we're afraid to show or tell people about what we think are failures or missteps or the things that we think went wrong. When actually, when we look back on all of those things, 
we will see that they were the bridge to get us to the next place we were going, that we had to go through those difficult times. And that's what makes you, you, that's what makes you uniquely awesome and unique. And so instead of us trying to be someone we're not, there's so much power in vulnerability. There's so much power in saying, I'm not a college graduate, but you know what? That wasn't the path for me. If I hadn't had this store, I wouldn't be at the helm of an over billion dollar brand. I learned what I need to learn. Not that I didn't love college, but at that time of my life, it wasn't my path to go on. And there were times I was ashamed when people would ask, where'd you graduate from? And I would be like, oh, you know, now I say, oh, I got a master's in the school of hard knocks. Have you heard of it? (laughs) very proudly, but it took me a while. I mean, tonight I'm actually teaching a class at the University of Texas. I'm a professor, Professor Scott. (laughs) I founded a women's entrepreneurial and leadership institute at the University of Texas so that all women, not just women in business or entrepreneurship can learn the entrepreneurial mindset. So you could be in any major education, engineering, you name it, and you can learn about the entrepreneurial mindset in our institute. And I'm a college dropout, folks. So if that doesn't show you that anything is possible, I didn't find what I wanted in college. I wanted to take those courses, but I couldn't get into the business school. My grades weren't good enough in high school. So changing things is like the power that we have. And sometimes dreaming into it, it's amazing when you can get a group of other strong men and women. But I'm just going to say when women hold hands and join forces, we're unstoppable unstoppable. Absolutely. And it has to happen. You know, I mean, whatever your opinions are, however you feel like you can add your voice to the world instead of, you know, thinking that somebody else in Washington is going to represent you. Like it's amazing Mm -hmm. when you are in leadership, whether you're in leadership in your household, whether you're in leadership in your community or in leadership in your business, you can have influence. Like you get to have a huge say in things and we just can't keep quiet anymore. You know, I say this to women about podcasting too, because when I started only 13% of podcasts were hosted by women. And the last time I checked, we were half of the world's population, you know? So it's like, where are the voices? Where are the stories? I wanted to ask you because you were just talking about dreaming into it. And I just this weekend, literally, I'm always interested in in growth. And so I've definitely been on that journey for 20 plus years. But just this weekend, I was reading that Einstein said that there was actually 10 dimensions. And I thought, that's so interesting, because I know about like, 3D, right? Right. I know about 5D. Everybody talks about 5D and I've definitely been on week-long meditation retreats and played around with like the words 5D. But I was like, what does that mean? And I started to read some of this physics and he was just saying how we see in 3D, right? We see Mm -hmm. with length depth. That's how we perceive reality with our eyes. Right. When you close your eyes, you see further, right? How many dreams have you had how many things have you seen with your eyes closed? You you actually Huge. see so much more. In fact, I was listening to the Greatest Showman soundtrack. I listen to it all the time. I love it. And I love it. And there's that I love song, it too. I close my eyes and yeah. I can see. And I'm like, oh no, no, they say I close my eyes and I can see. Right. So yeah. when you just said that, I was like, Oh, I say to my three, I have three daughters, and I say to them, Does mommy want you going to college? And I'm like, no. And if they choose to go to college, right. they want to be a doctor or they want to do this specific thing, they want to be a marine biologist, like, great. But I say to them, 
I want you to learn how to see. And I don't know that they're teaching you that. (laughs) So this is great. Actually, in my book, I have a, I have a whole section about this. Many years ago, I think we all read The Secret, right? Most, a lot of people did. And I loved it. And I realized when I read it that I was actually doing it. I was like, oh, I do this already. This is what I'm doing. Clearly you've done it. (laughs) Doing it. But what was so interesting to me is because I didn't have formal college education, I really want, I always want to learn. I'm reading books. I have mentors that I reach out to. And I joined an an entrepreneur organization called EO. And I was able to apply for a master's class, an entrepreneurial master's class at MIT. They choose 65 entrepreneurs from around the world for a three-year course. This sounds uh, so cool. It's amazing. MIT and it's about entrepreneurship. I'm like drooling. I have so much FOMO. No, it was amazing. And I somehow miraculously got accepted. And I think it was a quota thing. Like they had to except so many girls, because there was only four women out of the 65 in the class. No, there was. And this is in 2006. So just bear with me. But in that class, one of my very best, well, he was an instructor, but he's now one of my very dear friends, Cameron Harold, came in and he did an exercise with us called Vivid Vision. And he basically asked us to close our eyes and to think about every single thing in three years. So going further than three years is not realistic. 10 years, who knows what's going to happen in 10 years. But three years, we can get our heads around it, right? Closing your eyes and thinking about where you're sitting. What does it look like? What does it smell like? Who's around you at your dinner table? Who are, you know, where, what's your office look like? What does your business look like? You know, are you national? Are you, are people talking about your business in the press? And you start writing down this like visualization of every aspect of your life from career to home to everything. And then he took that paper away from us. And on the third year, he gave it back to us. I read it and I started to just cry huge alligator tears onto the paper because every single thing I had written either had happened or was in the process of happening down to the dog that I had. I literally wrote that I wanted a little dog. (laughs) I wanted a dog that I could take with me to places. But it was like unbelievable. And I read this and I just was like, wow. And I realized that what he said is once you see this, then you start making decisions in that three-year self. So instead of saying, well, today our business, we can only afford this person. You have to say, what is in three years? Who would I hire? I'm going to hire that person today because that person's going to get us to that three-year goal. But if I hire the person for what we need today, we're never going to get there. We're going to keep being in the hamster wheel over and over and over. And your whole life changes. And then you start sharing it with my team, with my friends, with the people around me, because once they see what you want, then they can also help you, right? And so it's so powerful. But in the book, it goes through a whole exercise on both the business aspect and business personal Um, because I felt like it was one of the biggest things of my life. And I always do it. I do it all the time. I do it with my husband. I do it with my team here. And it's a game changer. It has been a game changer. I mean, that was just everything. That was everything. There were so many elements of that that are just paradigm shifting, right? The fact that that's something you would learn at MIT, right? (laughs) First of all, the fact there was only four women in that place, the fact that everything down to the dog came true. And then this last piece, which is making decisions from the person that you can claim three years down the road. And so there's a gap. And I, and this is why I want everyone to read your book, which is coming out very imminently. 
there is that scarcity mindset. There is the resistance. There is the limits to Mm -hmm. what we are able to claim. Yes. And it keeps us from making those decisions from that empowered place. Part of it isn't just the limits of moving forward. Part of it is it that we can't get out of the darn past. We keep beating ourselves up about all the mistakes that we've made along the way, the what ifs. What if I didn't? What if I would have taken that other job versus this job? What if I would have married John versus Joe? (laughs) What if, you know, you could go on and on and on. And so what happens, it's endless. And we get ourselves in this, all the past, we can't get past the things that have happened in our lives that have kept us down or struggles. We have got to let go of the past, learn from the past. So all of those experiences have had these beautiful golden nuggets in them of knowledge and wisdom that you can take and they're going to, they're going to take you forward and go, okay, thanks past. Now I've got my bridge and I'm moving forward and I'm not looking back at you. And I've got my golden nuggets in my backpack Mm -hmm. and I'm going across the bridge and I'm going to my future and I am going to dream into the future that I want. Am I in an unhappy marriage today? Is it something that I can save? Maybe it's time to let it go. Maybe it's time that this isn't working for both of us, but you have to start thinking about what that looks like. And I tell people all the time, when you're in fear, on the other side of fear is unbelievable possibility and greatness. And you have to get through the fear. Nothing in my life have I done fearless. When people use the word fearless, it sometimes gets me angry, to be quite honest, because fear is a good thing, okay? Fear is like, oh, this is scary. But a lot of times, ooh, this is scary. But when I get past that, it's just like riding a roller coaster. Yeah. You're scared when you get on, and when you get off, you're jumping for joy. Yeah. That is the same thing. On the other side of it, there could be this most unbelievable thing in your life, but you got to push through that fear. And I think we hold ourselves back because being scared keeps us from moving forward. And that to me is where we start to see those limits and then holding on to so much unnecessary baggage that continues to weigh us down as we move forward. Yeah. And you know why I would think it would make, make you angry maybe is because if you're fearless, you didn't need courage. Yeah. But when you're scared, it gives you an opportunity to employ courage. And the reason you feel good about yourself, my kids just did Thunder Mountain for the first time at Disney yeah. and they are five, eight and 10. And when they got off, they looked so proud of themselves Yes, because they had that feeling of like, that was courageous. And I got so much more out of just practicing courage than I did out of the ride. Right. And I think teaching our children, you know, that they're going to have times in their life that they're going to struggle. So it's not just even fear. It's it's times of stress, struggle, and letting them know that they can overcome those things. Yeah. Yeah. It teaches them, right? It gives your brain a trigger later as you continue to grow and develop in your life. I got over like I was bullied. I shared this story in middle school really bad. Like I had to eat my lunch in the bathroom, Kathy, like because that's I didn't a, have anybody to story. sit. I had to sit in the front office and ask the secretaries like, can I just sit here? Do you want me to file paper? Why were you bullied? You're so pretty. You're no. like so oh, perfect looking. Oh, you look like, like the perfect homecoming girl. Oh God, no. I, when you, I put some pictures in my book because I want people to understand what I looked. I was legally blind in my right eye. So I had these really thick glasses. I love glasses, by the way. And you look so chic in yours, but mine were not, they were, they were not cute in the 1980s. They were very ugly. Like I looked like a 80 year old woman. Yeah. Like that's how they looked. And they were blue which is never good. I don't think you should wear blue glasses. <laughs> and I had a mullet like 
perm, mushroom perm, all of it. I was very like little body in my head was like a bobblehead. So no, it was, it was just- And the girls were mean about that, your glasses and your looks? They were just mean. I think also because I had a big personality. So I was, I was still like friendly to everybody and I was nice to everybody. And that was threatening to somehow, right? I guess. I don't know. I don't really yeah, know why I got vulnerable. Bullied. You were vulnerable and sweet. And it's like, I understand. I mean, and I, I was a pleaser. Like I wanted them to like me. I would, I would let them borrow my clothes. I would do anything right for these. And it became like, I was so giving that they felt like they could walk all over me. And they did until I finally found my strength and, and I didn't quit that school. I kept showing up and I decided to run for student council president in the Did midst of getting, you have to read the book. Oh God. <laughs> I just like everything you'd say. So I'm going to read it. Can I ask you this question? First of all, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that because I think out of everything you just said, even though the other things were like such mic drops, that's going to be the Velcro because people are going to say she's real. And she just said she was bullied. And no matter how pretty and rich she ever could be, the fact that she could admit that it's not easy to do, right? It's not easy to admit that. And you so, know what is crazy is we're yeah. st- it, those both once you know we say middle school was bad, but bullies are still out there. And you look at the oh, world of, of social media, God. yeah. You know, I think one of the reasons why we all feel like we have to edit and correct photos and do all this stuff is because we're living in a world where everybody feels like they have to be perfect. And that's what's sad. And they're because there's bullies, there's bullies out there that'll be like, oh, you look this or blah, blah, blah. And I think, how do we take that noise out? Right. And just say, you know, like I am who I am. I love who I am. Surround yourself with people that see the light inside of you that bring out that light inside of you because you need that. Right. And I think part of my book, the title born to shine was just that it was, we all have this amazing light. Like we have this amazing light to share with the world. Sometimes in our life, that light can get dimmed in 2020. My light was dimming. I had a lot of things happening, which it compelled me to write this book because I felt like the world saw Kendra Scott, the billionaire woman who's successful, all these things. And I was going through a really hard time, a divorce. My father almost died. I mean, a lot, right? And I wanted to talk about that vulnerability, but also talk about that I had this group of female friends who I call the senoras. And they were around me and lifted me up and helped me on those days that I felt like, oh, I just can't do this right now. Like I can't, like, I don't even want to get up. Like, I literally don't want to get up and face the day. I had these people that helped me reignite that light inside of me. And what I want with this book is that we all know that we have the light, but then to help other people. When we see someone down, we lift them up. When we see someone succeed, we congratulate them and root for them and stop the ugliness of she's lucky. It's a fluke because every time a woman succeeds, it's a point for all of us. So instead, let's start rooting for each other, congratulating each other, because that's what you talked about earlier. The power that we have, that is the power that we have, because we can change the conversation at a dinner. We can change the conversation at the school, you know, bleachers, why our kids are playing football. We have unbelievable power to do that. And when that change starts happening, it starts to connect in everything we do, the workplace, the school, everywhere. I love that you are saying it and saying it with such passion. It really needs to be said. And um, Priyanka Chopra was here and she said something I thought was really interesting. She's like, 
I remember getting like heat from women sometimes, like when I'd win a big beauty pageant. Meanwhile, she was going to go to law school. It was like a fluke that she became an actress right. model, but she did. And she said, then I realized it's the patriarchy because there were so few opportunities for women that on some level we were just, we were given a message in society that like we had to elbow the other girl out. Yes. But, but that's not true. There, there's an endless amount in this beautiful thing called actual reality. And when we see someone going ahead and doing something, it's like, yeah, Kendra Scott just paved the way for a possibility for you. And not only that, but you're giving back and creating this entrepreneurial leadership institute, which is another like very actual tangible way that you're doing that. You know, it's interesting what you said about going through that in 2020. And I've shared some of this on my show, but it's, it's very much a theme right now with my girlfriends and, uh, you know, I'm not a billionaire, but I have become like a multi-millionaire and it definitely changed my life. And it wasn't as easy as people would, would think that it was. And I've had these conversations with girlfriends about how do strong women stay in relationships when the dynamics are changing and all of a sudden there are roles that are changing and, um, it's not the easiest thing for relationships to weather those different changes. And sometimes that can feel really lonely because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how big your house is. If you're dealing with the feeling of emptiness in your most primal relationship or something just doesn't feel right, that doesn't feel good. And so I I think that it is something more and more as women are taking their seat at the table, as Mm -hmm. women are starting to make more money, these are things that are going to need to be talked about. Like, how do we remain in relationship or how do we find healthy, vibrant relationships and also not be small for fear of like upsetting the apple cart? I think, you know, your financial dynamics can change, right? Your careers change. Most of my, my senoras, my best friends (laughs) I've had for over 20 years. And my best friend, Ashlyn and I, we shared a one bedroom apartment together. My closet was above the washer and dryer in the, you know, that's where my clothes hung. You know, we have gone through so much in our life and struggle and triumph. And we've been there for every moment. Uh, She was at every child I gave birth to all three of my sons. (laughs) She was in the waiting room. When I went through divorce, not just one, she was there when I was, when I got married, she was, she was there too. But you have these friends in your life that weather the storms with you. And that gives you this unbelievable connection. Um, that's so strong. And I think for me, I'm still me. Yes. I I'm able to do things that we weren't able to do before, which is really fun. Like we go on these great girls trips that we're like a dream that we could have never imagined. It's not like we have to share a room in, you know, Cozumel together like we did before. And like we're rolling a a rollaway bed in, we actually can do like some pretty cool vacations. So we all just think it's like silly and fun that we're getting to do this. And everyone's so happy for each other. I mean, one of my friends is interior designer. When she opened her new office and like got an actual office out of her garage. I mean, we're all there with champagne and just yelling and cheering and balloons and so excited. And that's what it is. It's like, it's consistency. You show up and you don't need a lot of friends. You don't need a lot. If you have a few great ones, you are truly blessed. Yeah. 
I mean, it's so true. And I think it's extremely grounding. And one of, I think the fears that I've had, and I think that other people share this, and I alluded to it at the beginning is that when you reach the top of the summit, you will feel alone and lonely Mm -hmm. and somehow you won't be grounded. And it's so refreshing for me personally. And I think for the audience to see that you are enjoying building something that really is like so infinitely boundless and you seem extremely grateful and well, and grateful, very grateful. I think too, you know, I mean, I, when I started Kendra Scott in the early days, my son Cade was three and then I had a baby, Beck was one and I ended up going through divorce. So I was in the early stages of building my business and now I was a single mom and it was financially very, very, very tight, very difficult. My sister ended up moving in with me to help pay my rent. You know, it was just a lot of the boys always were with me in the office. I had a pack and play where they would be right there. We'd pass them around and, you know, and we went through a lot of these things together. But I think when you go through that, when you've built it from nothing like that, and you've seen so many times, I thought I'd lost my business along the way. I mean, from the 2008 recession to, I mean, there's just been so many times, right? That it's not just been this big, like, whoop she just flew and went from that bedroom and now she's here. I mean, guys, let me tell you, guys and girls, listen to this. There are so many peaks and valleys. And in those valleys, sometimes you do not see your way out of it. And then as you start to figure out, you have to pivot, you have to be agile. You might have to rethink how you're going about things. It may need to change, but I feel like all those things have led me to this really in place of gratitude. And I am so grateful that I get to be in a position that I'm in today to continue to help and support other women like myself who can have it. They can be a mom. They can have a great career. At Kendra Scott, we are over 95% women. Many of them are working moms. My corporate headquarters has many wellness rooms for nursing moms with mother's milk refrigerators and prenatal vitamins. You can bring your baby up here. We love having the kids in. We've got a kid's room, a dog. My dog's walking around. I mean, this is a family. We are family first. I will yell at somebody if they're missing their kid's recital or something. I'm like, get out the door. What are you doing? You do not need to be in this meeting. So good. We've created a utopia, but it doesn't have to be a utopia. This could be the norm for companies. And if they realize when they get these unbelievable women, because let me tell you, mothers, there is no stronger being on the planet than a mama. Okay. If you can figure out a way to get these mamas where they can have the balance in their life to be able to be there for their families and their children, but can still be creative and have that space in their mind where that intrigues them and excites them, you will have an unbelievably successful company. And Kendra Scott is proof of that. I love this conversation so much. Before we keep going, we're going to thank our sponsors. Before you book any brunch, you pour over lists and lists of reviews, so why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment? With ZocDoc, you can see real verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more, important than finding the right plate of Eggs Benedict. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, or get that mole checked out. For anything you need, ZocDoc has you covered. Their mobile app is super easy. In just a few taps, you can search, find, and book doctors. Plus, you can read verified patient reviews from real people who made 
real appointments. This way you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc as their go-to whenever they need to find and book a quality doctor. I think having access to a resource like this is so important because taking care of your health should be top priority. Go to ZocDoc.com slash dreamjob and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash dream job. ZocDoc.com slash dream job. Also, I want to let you know that my podcasting program is open for enrollment. We only do this program once a year and it's so much fun and it's so inspiring. It is a live interactive program. It is three months long where we will be meeting up week after week on Zoom And I will be going over with you step-by-step how to create a binge-worthy podcast, how you can create a podcast that has a really engaged audience, and then the ways to monetize the podcast. And I was talking to a friend of mine today and I said, you know what it is? I don't sell courses. I don't sell programs. What I'm really doing is creating an experience where people truly step into their next level. And that's why I feel so almost obligated to tell you to get into this program. It is just something I don't even have words for. I think every one of us wakes up every day and really wants to live into our potential. And we're hoping that today's the day that something comes along And it fills us up. It unleashes all of that amazing stuff that we know we came to the world to be a part of and to contribute. And I feel like what's really, really unique about the programs that I create is it's about that part. Somehow it's really a portal. It's like opening a door to this truth to this next level, to something more expansive. And all of a sudden the creativity and the abundance and the ways in which you start bending this 3D reality and you start to see your life just grow leaps and bounds. All of that happens in this program. And that's why I don't sell these pre-recorded videos. Like I'm there for the experience. I'm there for the accountability. I'm there for the coaching and the conversations and the way in which people just see their lives turn around. It's amazing. And by the end of the program, you'll have a podcast and you'll have your voice in the world and you'll have the most sensational means to grow your business because every business is about people and podcasts create intimacy and connection and they make deposits in a way that when you then are selling your product or your service or your program or your retreat or whatever it is, you already have made that connection. And so it's the most incredible thing for any kind of side hustle you want to build, for any kind of empire you want to build, have this intimacy going. So if you want to join us, there's still time. You can go to kathyheller.com slash join. There are two levels. Level one is the gold level, 
which gives you everything I just said. It's live calls. It's all this incredible ways in which you can build everything we just talked about, your podcast, how to monetize it, how to grow your audience. Then there's a platinum level, which includes a three-day retreat at my house. And there's only a total of 18 spots and several people have already joined. So there's just a handful of spots left for that, but that's going to be amazing. That's going to be in October. And by the way, that retreat is going to be just after the two-day event I am doing with Andy Grammer and Amy Purdy and Candace Nelson. That's going to be an amazing event too. So you're going to get that ticket as well when you get the platinum level. Either way, you can find out about this. Go to kathyhaller.com slash join. I would love to be with you over the next three months. I would love to see you find a way to grow this side hustle, to build this business. And there's a bonus right now. If you sign up, you're going to get my 90 days to freedom. It's a full live virtual workshop where I'm going to break down how you can quit your job in 90 days so that you can utilize this podcast and utilize everything else to build your business. So all that's included. Get in there now. Go to kathyhaller.com slash join. So I want to ask you this question, which is so often people are asking, how do you do it? What do you do? What are the steps to do? And so often on this show, regardless of if it's your speaking or Bethany Frankel or Deepak Chopra or Marianne Williamson, it winds up being that there's a, what do you do question answered? And then there's this, how are you being right? Mm -hmm. And I think there's two schools of thought that sometimes it's a little bit of like, it's in your vibration. You're going to manifest it. You're going (laughs) to visualize, which we talked a little bit about, right? And then there's this other school of thought of like, you're going to take action and you're going to make lists and you're going to leave no stone unturned. And there's like that hustle mode on, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems sometimes like those are diametrically opposed to one another. So in your journey, if somebody would say to you, so how do you do it? Would you say it was a mixture of both? Would you say you actually feel like it was more the vibration of it all and the visualization of it all a little bit more than the other? What would you say about those two sort of paths that people sort of beat those drums? Which one or how would you sort of describe it? For me, it's a total combination, a hundred percent. I I think even with the visualization, I was doing it, but not knowing I was doing it. So, (laughs) so it was part of my life, but I wasn't knowing that was happening. Right. With the taking action every day, I would get up and I would say, okay, what am I going to do today? How am I going to move this forward today? I'm going to call five new boutiques. I'm going to call them, or I'm going to go to their stores. I'm going to meet the owners. I'm going to bring my, my collection in many times. If I got a no, People go, oh God, that's it. That's it. For me, I always saw no is on in the mirror, which means the conversation just got started. Except for my teenage <laughs> boys, Kathy, no is no. And I tell them that all the time. No is not on when for them. But for in business and in life, I always felt like, okay, I get excited, quite honestly, when somebody tells me no or that I can't do something. I actually feel like this little fire inside me, like, let's go. This is going to be fun. So that no, I'll end up sending a note and saying, okay, I I know you didn't, you know, weren't interested in the spring collection. However, I'm going to send you line lists for fall. Oh, and here are some cookies to thank you for your time. And if you have any feedback on what you saw that you, that you would like to have seen or that you didn't see, I would love to learn from you. I would love to learn from you. Take that no as an opportunity to learn. And I promise you with the right way that you handle that no, that no very much will probably turn into a yes at some point. And for me, it has. I mean, it's not stalkerish, but relentless. I mean, I kept, I sent, I think, Neiman Marcus buyers 
15 boxes of cookies and cupcakes and line sheets and you name it until the buyer finally said, Kendra, I've gained five pounds. And I, I mean, come on, like, let's, let's talk. Let's have you come in. Uh, and so it's doing it in a way, right? That your way. But I think that's for me has been, you know, there's been so many doors closed in my face. Nobody would invest in me. I tried to get investment capital for 10 years from 2002 to 2012. And everyone said no. And a great mentor said, if you build it, they will come. Just focus on building the best business you can build. And I did that, but I was bootstrapped. I did it on debt, lines of credit. I had everything I had up for collateral, credit card debt. I mean, you name it. And it was a very big like monkey on my shoulder all the time. But I honestly feel like that was what was supposed to happen for me, right? And it was that struggle of like, okay, today we're going to do this. We can't let that. If that fails, we've got to fill in the gap because we don't have any cushion to fall back on. And that kind of just resilience. I think resilience has been a very big part of my life through a lot of different things is allowing the moment that's painful to be painful. It's okay to stay in bed a day and cry, but then going, okay, I'm over, I'm over, I'm done with this. All right. Oh, Let so me do good. one thing. Don't worry about making a big, huge list. I'm going to do one thing today. That's going to be forward action in my life. What is that going to be today? It's so damn inspiring listening to you. You could like literally power Times Square just with your own presence. And <laughs> I think I think part of it is this, this incredible capacity for resilience. That's so clear. And I feel like where, where that's really playing into all of this in such a beautiful way is there's no ego here, right? Like if you are needing to be liked, if you can't handle a rejection, you're really not coming from your highest and best, your soul, you're like, we're all yes. part of this one ocean. You're really coming from this sticky, more codependent place. But when you can like send people boxes <laughs> of cookies and say, this is actually <laughs> awesome that you said no, because I'd love the answer key on why you didn't like it. Yeah. And I'm still feeling very much like this is a win anyway. Right. People feel that so strongly, right? Yes. So I do feel that this inspired, very forward action is also very much married with someone who is just flying above the static because you're not operating from ego. And that is so refreshing and rare. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I always, and I say this to my kids, like when you become successful, people want to criticize you, right. Or, you know, they're more critical of you and, and it gets like, sometimes I feel like, Oh God, can I go to the grocery store? Like not looking nice. Cause my name is on a brand, but then I'm like, you know what? I'm who I am. Kendra Scott is Kendra Scott. Like I'm in my sweats and I have a ponytail in and this is who you're going to get. And I'll hug a customer and I'll say hello. And I can't wait to meet people. And I think just being your authentic self, we talk about this so much, this, you know, authentic self. What is that? Authenticity is just being you and being you with your flaws which are beautiful. And I put this in my book because we talk about gemstones. I mean, I work with them. And the imperfections are what makes them more expensive in many cases and rare and special. And a lot of these stones are kept in the darkness before they're ever brought out into the light. It's time and pressure and space that allows these beautiful gems, the one that you have in your ears, Druzy, which is inside of a geode, the geode on the outside is the ugliest looking rock. And when you crack it open, it is sparkles like just diamonds in there, right? It's unbelievable. If we start to think of ourselves like that, 
Like all of these, what we think are imperfections are actually what is making us so unbelievably special and powerful. And so sharing those things that some would say are flaws are actually showing you and showing others, hey, I know who I am and I'm proud of who I am. And yeah, I've gone through this or that. You may not agree with my path, but it's my path and I own it. And it belongs to no one else but me. That is incredible. I've heard a lot of different comments about stones, but I didn't actually know that what makes them considered like more expensive sometimes is is the more little imperfections. I, I hadn't yes. known that. That's that's beautiful. With this book, which is called Born to Shine, Do Good, Find Your Joy, and Build a Life You Love. What is the thing that you're just hoping people walk away with once they read it? Hope that you know, anything is possible. It doesn't matter where you come from or how many times you have been told no or that you can't do something, that you can do whatever it is that you dream of doing. And I promise you, I know sometimes in the moments that you're in, it feels impossible, but it is possible. And that I wanted to share all of the valleys and the peaks of my life so that anyone going through any type of change or place in their life, whether that be a career change, a relationship change, uh, you know, building a business, starting a business, whatever it might be, you're going to be able to find things in here that are going to say, wow, okay, I can relate to someone. I can relate to an actual human being who has sat in this place, who has cried on the floor herself and sharing that vulnerability that you should also, I hope that we all will start to be more vulnerable with one another. That's incredible. Um, really, truly incredible. And I love how real you are and how much authenticity you share, because then when you say that it doesn't sound cliche, it really, we, we hear it from context. One of the things as we're like ending, I think a lot of times people will hear everything like this and then they'll think, but you're a unicorn. You're so special. That's why you've grown to such a big place where you have so much visibility. And if you could help someone today, because so many of the people listening are women who are aspiring entrepreneurs. Some of them are already doing really well. Some of them are just beginning. Some of them just have one thing on Etsy. Some have never gone live. If you had one next step for them to take in building an engaged audience, in building clients, what's one thing that comes to mind that you think might help? You know, I think, first of all, for me, I've always tried to be very present. I listen more than I just drive a lot of times, if that makes sense. So I read every comment on Instagram. I'm on customer service calls. I spend time in my stores and I listen. I listen to what the customer needs, what she wants. I look at what she may not be finding somewhere else. And I try to fill that void for her. And I think that is a big part of being a business owner, right, is figuring out that white space and being disruptive in it. If you're doing what everybody else is doing, you've already failed. So how can you put your own unique fingerprint on your business, whatever that is? So yeah, right now something may be hot, but if 10 other people are doing the same thing, how are you going to really stand out? You've got to do it with your own voice, right? So I would say really examine where you are because that's going to be compelling to people. Uh, I'm from Texas. I was told that you can't be a real fashion brand if you're not on the coasts, if I wasn't in LA or New York. 
I was told that very early on by a very big time editor in New York City at a, at a, at a market where we were presenting our jewelry. And I believe that that was wrong because I loved the city I lived in, Austin, Texas. I felt like the culture here, everything that I was seeing that was inspiring me made me create products that were different. And so when I went to market, all these booths looked the same. They, you know, if it was the wood bead trend, everybody had wood beads, right? But mine looked different and that attracted buyers to it. And it was still on trend, but it was with my own voice, my own way to show things. And so I think that would be number one. And two, that connection, connection before transaction. I'm going to say it one more time because this is the greatest takeaway you'll have all day. Connection before transaction connect with your customer. If they leave, whether it's your store or an experience with a smile and a great experience, the transaction will follow, whether that comes from them directly or them sharing this amazing experience they had with your company or brand. Telling your people, whoever they are that have that interaction with your customer, that they have the power to please that customer and connect with them and that that's a win. That changes the dynamic of your company and it will change the success overall. Okay, this is the last question, which is so often people have such good hearts that they don't want to charge anyone. <laughs> and women will say to themselves, well, what if someone can't afford $60 or, or $14? Mm-hmm. And I remind my audience how much I loved going to Cartier and buying myself this bracelet. It was a gift that I got to Mm -hmm. have that experience. Mm -hmm. I think when we're talking to women, we need to help with this because I don't hear men often say this like, Oh, who am I to charge? And then meanwhile, they're building great businesses that are Mm then getting to underwrite causes that they care about. Right. So we Mm -hmm. need to get beyond this. And clearly money has been something you've allowed into your life. So if somebody's listening and they're like, all of it sounds great, the giving, the connection, but the transaction part, that's Mm -hmm. the part where I feel like I'm going to vomit. And that's where I just shut down because I don't want to take from people or I'm afraid to have money. What the heck do we do to help them be powerful in business and change that belief? Well, first of all, you're not going to be able to do all these amazing things that you want to do without the ability to create a successful business. So you've got to be able to, to, you know, understand how that works. Now, from day one, anyone that would call me from a nonprofit, I could make a pair of earrings, I would make a necklace, I wouldn't turn them away. We've kept that policy in effect for the last 20 years. We've given over $50 million to women's and children's charities, which is, that's just from 2010. (laughs) So it's just, but we weren't able to get $50 million the first day. What I could do was a pair of earrings, right? But with that, I would put it to an auction and all these people would see Kendra Scott gave to this organization that I love. Oh, that's really kind of her. I want to check out her jewelry, right? So that connection led into a helpful bringing in customers because you made a true connection with your customer in a way that it it touched her heart. And today, that is absolutely the most important thing we can do. Brands that are going to survive and thrive are the ones that can connect deeper than just the wallet, right? So you have to have that balance. But at the same time, you have to know that you have to be able to build this business. So with that, you're going to have to have some sales and you need to know your value. You need to understand your cost of goods. You need to understand, you know, really looking at your numbers. What do I need to make to be able to A, break even, 
B, make a profit, and three, take that and then maybe reinvest to continue to grow my business. And you have to balance those things. And we've got to be ahead of our finances. You have to know every single week what is going on in your business as a leader of the organization. I have a dashboard that I get that has top line revenue, where EBITDA is at, what our cost of goods are looking at, where shipping costs have come in, and our give back. Because that's important to me, because I want to know that we're still engaging and connecting the way that our brand has absolutely committed to do from the very beginning. So there's that balance. It's not that you can't, but be thoughtful about how you give. Make it meaningful and make it something that you care about. Now, yes, we said yes to everybody in the beginning. We really do focus on women and children, on health, education, and empowerment. Uh, That has to be so that we could give more in those areas to really make a big impact. So for you, I think it's thinking about your own core, right? What are things that drive you? And then how can you do those things impactfully, thoughtfully, and then still have a dynamic business? And yes, you're going to have to transact. You're going to have to have that other side of it. Otherwise, this is a hobby. It's not a business. Yeah. I want everyone to read this book. And last thing I'm just going to say is for people who are listening, it's like, I often say, if somebody is going to buy earrings because they're looking for jewelry, they're going to spend the money anyway. So they may as well buy it from you. It's not like, oh, you're making them spend the money. It's like they went to Bloomingdale's, they went to Nordstrom. So they got to buy it from you and look at all the good you're doing as like God's custodian, you know? So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of this. Tell everybody where they can buy the book. Tell everyone where they can come and be a part of all of the things that you're doing. Born to Shine is available on Amazon and anywhere that books are sold. Thank you so much for coming Thank on, Kendra. You. This is amazing. Thanks for having me. It was so fun. I could talk to you all day long. Same. Love I want to stay in touch. You're the best. Okay, absolutely. Thank you. Oh my gosh, so much fun. I love her so much. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, we each have immense and innate value. Every one of us is here for a reason to leave our fingerprint and make our mark. We all have this amazing light to share. Number two, every time a woman succeeds, it's a point for all of us. Let's all root for each other and congratulate each other. We have an unbelievable power to create change. When women hold hands and join forces, we're unstoppable. Number three, failures are bridges to get us to the next place we're going. They're what make you awesome and unique. Number four, on the other side of fear is unbelievable possibility and greatness. Number five, just do one thing today that can create forward action in your life. Number six, be your authentic self. Your imperfections are what make you so unbelievably special and powerful. Be proud of sharing who you are. Your path doesn't belong to anyone else, but you own it. Number seven, connection before transaction. If the customer leaves with a smile and a great experience, the transaction is going to follow. The brands that survive and thrive are the ones that connect deeper than just the wallet. And number eight, it doesn't matter where you come from or how many times you've heard no, you can do whatever it is that you dream of doing. Anything is possible. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I love you so much. And to say thank you in an even bigger way, we're doing a giveaway. If you go to kathyheller.com slash share, all you have to do is subscribe and review the show and then share it, text it to a friend, share it with someone. You will be entered into this giveaway to win a MacBook. I'm giving away a laptop. That's right. And I'm also giving away a trip to Los Angeles, which includes a $1,000 shopping spree and a 90 minute coaching session with me. All you got to do to enter that is subscribe to the show, leave a review and share the show, share it with a friend, text it to a friend, email the link, post it in your Instagram. That's it. If you want to let us know that you entered, go to kathyheller.com slash share and go ahead and do that. I can't wait. Also, 
I want to let you know, if you are in the LA area, October 10th, I am doing an event with Mel Robbins. You can grab your ticket. They're only $35. It's going to be a fireside chat and Q&A with Mel Robbins because she's starting her own new podcast. So you can come be with us in Los Angeles. We have just a few tickets left. It's a pretty intimate theater, just about 300 people. You can grab your ticket at kathyheller.com slash Mel, M-E-L, kathyheller.com slash Mel. I would love to see you there. We have so many good episodes coming up. So make sure that you are subscribed because you do not want to miss some of this great stuff. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you can go ahead and tag me on Instagram at kathy.heller and you can tag Kendra. She's at Kendra Scott. I know that she would love to see that you enjoyed the episode. And finally, don't forget doors to my program are open until Wednesday. You can sign up for this amazing program, which will change your life kathyheller.com slash join. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you soon. Joe